everyone, my name is Mark Kelly. I'm one of the leaders of Freedom Church. I want to welcome you all to our online Sunday service. If you've not connected with us before, I hope that you feel at home with us today. Our services last about 45 minutes to an hour. We have time for worship and word. And today we have the wonderful Ian Russell, who leads All Nations Church in Leicester, bringing the main message today. And in it, he talks about God refining us to look more like him. Near the end of today's broadcast, we've got the usual information about how we can hang out together via Zoom for 30 minutes, as well as showing you some ways in which you might want to give to Freedom Church financially. So please stick around until the very end. Without further ado, rather than staying seated on your sofa, or even possibly still lying in your bed, why not stand up, get active for Jesus, and imagine all who are watching this broadcast standing with you as we worship God together.
you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the life. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great
Good morning, Freedom Church family, and greetings from our home here in Leicester into the wonderful city of Leeds and to the surrounding area. It seems like a era ago that we were last with you. If you remember, it was in the middle of March and the official lockdown hadn't yet been instituted and we were able to be with you in person. And that really does seem like another world because it's been nearly four months since we were able to meet as a gathered congregation. But what is so interesting is that the Church of Jesus Christ has not shut down just because some buildings are no longer open, but the church is alive and vibrant and functional and still salt and light into society because church isn't what we do or where we go, it's actually who we are. We are the called out ones. We've been called out of darkness. We've been called into the light of the Lord to be the light of the Lord, to be carriers of heaven's realm into every sphere in which we touch. And so it's a joy to know that the church is very much alive and well and is functional because it's in the spirit and the Holy Spirit has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, and he's in us and on us and with us. And so we can function in the power of the spirit. And for Marge and I, although we have been at home for much of the time, that's what we've been doing. Uh, every day we've broken bread and drunk wine in remembrance of Jesus so that we are inviting his presence to not only fill our lives, but to fill our home because God's intention is that our homes become lighthouses of his presence that touches the environment around us. And of course, we've been able to connect with our neighbours and show acts of kindness. Sometimes it's by texts. That's the only way we can do it. But we're keeping in touch. And of course, instead of meeting together on a Sunday corporately like yourselves, we've been doing things online. And uh, this is so great that I can connect with you guys online, communicate hard together. And it really is shaping out a whole new way of doing life, utilizing the media and the social platforms to communicate and share truth and to really reclaim the internet for the purposes of God. But without a doubt, this last three, four months has presented its challenges. Why? Because God made us in his image and likeness and he made us to be social people. And when we have this ongoing lockdown situation, it means that we're not able to connect with people. And if we do, it's at a distance. And there's a whole big difference between actually seeing somebody from two meters and giving them a warm hug and that physical connection. This is what so many of us love to do. When I say so many, of course, that's much more the extroverts. And uh, the introverts are quite happy just to be in their own little space. And so each of us has had challenges, whether we're on the extrovert or the introvert part of the scale. 
for us in Leicester, of course, it's been another challenging week or so because we are the first city in the country to go back into lockdown when the restrictions are being eased all over the nation because of the spike that took place here just over a week or so ago. It means that uh, very, very few shops are open now in Leicester. It's just the ones that are the, uh, the, the service amenities like the supermarkets and shops that did open have had to reclose. So actually we live just outside the city boundaries. And so in our village, the pubs are open, but if you travel half a mile or so, then that's when the boundary of the city of Leicester occurs and they are in a, a different environment in, in lockdown. So this has undoubtedly been a different time, different than any of us have known before. Probably nobody alive has been through this extended period where we are socially isolated and means that we can't do the ordinary things. And they are challenging circumstances. We've had a number of family events cancelled because it's just not been appropriate to meet. And it's been a challenge to us not to see family for a protracted length of time. And I believe the scriptures speak into this, especially in this passage of scripture that I'm just going to read to you in 1 Peter, where he talks about the trials that take place. So let's read the context together then. It's in 1 Peter 1, and we'll start reading from verse 3, just to get an appreciation of what Peter is saying before we move into the verses that I just want to highlight with you this morning. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So Peter highlights three wonderful things that have taken place as a result of us coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. The first is that we have new birth. We, brought, we are born from above. We are born again. We have a brand new start in life. And this brand new start gives us a living hope because Jesus has been raised from the dead and he's brought us into newness of life. The past is over. That has been dealt with. The blood has cleansed us and we stand as new creations in Christ Jesus, receiving the blessing of being connected to him. In fact, he's living in us and we are living in him. This is the new life that we now have. We've also got an inheritance. This is reserved in heaven for us, but we can access it now. What is 
reserved is that we have become sons, both men and women, sons of God, and sons get the inheritance. Now, of course, there are some, some aspects of our inheritance that we can only receive when Jesus returns or when we pass away, because there's resurrection bodies that we will have which will not decay, which will not grow old, but we will be able to live the fullness of the life in the spirit in spiritual bodies. This is part of our future inheritance. But right now, we can still live the life of the future in today because of the Holy Spirit living within us. What an inheritance to have Holy Spirit take up residence inside of us so that we can live filled with the Spirit and be led with the Spirit. And then the third blessing that he talks about is this. Verse 5, who through faith are shielded, or some versions put, kept by God's power until our salvation, our full salvation comes. And so that even though circumstances may be trying, we have this divine power, the Holy Spirit, who is wrapping around us and protecting us and keeping us for the honour of Jesus so that we can experience supernatural strength and supernatural power even though there can be challenging times. So let's move on to verse 6. In this, that is our new birth, that is our inheritance, that is being kept by the power of God. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Just because we're saved does not mean we're immune from challenging times. If society goes through challenging times, we are part of that society. Therefore, we will experience them the same way too. But because we have eternal life, the way that we respond can be different to how our neighbours respond because we have this access to heaven's resources. Verse 7. These trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. How wonderful that trials can result in praise, glory and honour going to Jesus as we partner with him through these times. And the metaphor that Peter uses here is that our faith is tested like gold. And so, because of my geological past, uh, we learnt about how gold is purified. The fact is that gold occurs in an ore and there's other rocks involved in the original ore besides gold, and so it has to be purified. And in biblical times, and even up until modern times, gold is purified by a process called smelting or refining. And what happens is that the person who is the refiner makes a 
crucible that can carry the ore, that the ore can be placed in. And under that crucible, a flame is made and then the flame is intensified and the temperature is increased. And what happens is that as the smelter increases the temperature, as the flame gets hotter, then the gold ore that's in the crucible, it begins to melt. And what melts first is not the gold itself, but it's the surrounding rock that the gold is a part of, because actually gold only melts at a very high temperature. And so this temperature's increased and more and more that which is not gold melts and it comes up to the surface and the smelter can skim that off so that more and more it's the precious gold that remains and the more the rock is melted, the more that the smelter takes that melted rock off, the more purified the gold becomes. And one of the hallmarks of pure gold as it is refined in the crucible is that it becomes reflective, highly reflective when it approaches purity. And so the smelter can look into the crucible and see a reflection of his face as he looks into the pure gold. And this is the delight of Jesus in our lives. Circumstances sometimes might be used to increase the temperature, increase pressure in our lives, cause things to come up to the surface that we didn't know were there. Sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's anxiety. Whatever it is, as it comes to the surface, because of the nature of the pressure of circumstances, we have a choice then, as it's identified, to say, I choose to give this to the Lord. Later in this chapter, Peter says, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Beloved, he loves us so much and he is so interested in forming himself in us and he even allows our lives to experience his circumstances because sometimes we don't know what's in our hearts. He does, of course, because he knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows us better than we know ourselves. But when circumstances cause things that are negative or unwholesome or not Christ-like to emerge in our hearts, our celestial smelter sees these coming to the surface. And if we will yield them to him, he will take them to himself so that more and more Christ may be formed in us. Without a doubt, this has been for us as a nation, as well as many other nations, a time of crisis. 
And crisis is times of danger and opportunity. And it's an opportunity for us to respond to Jesus, to look to him, to receive what he wants to do for us, so that actually we can look back at this time and realise what a beautiful process of purifying Lord Jesus has done in our lives. When we go through circumstances, we see things with a different perspective. Lockdown has caused me to see things from a perspective that I hadn't seen before. I've looked at scripture and discover so many people in scripture experienced this kind of lockdown, this kind of social isolation. You can see it in the Old Testament with Joseph being removed from his family, removed from his brothers. He's in a prison cell. But that becomes the purifying crucible that caused Joseph to emerge out the other end to be a ruler in Egypt. David himself knew times of isolation where he's on the run from Saul. Some of the Psalms that are written express the passions and the challenges of what he was going through. And yet God refined him in those times so that he could become, at a relatively young age, a king to his people. How that he ruled Judah and Israel for 40 years. And how that he's Israel's greatest king. But in order to get there, he had to go through a smelting process, a refining process, so that he was suitable for the kingship that he was ordained for when Samuel poured oil on him as a young boy. Of course, the prophet Elijah had his own time of isolation, how he ran away from Jezebel, but he went to Horeb, the Mount of God, encountered God at that mountain, not in the earthquake, not in the great fire, but in the still, small voice. And sometimes that's how God does it, even in our day. It is his whispers into our hearts and we allow our lives to be shaped and moulded and adjusted, to be recalibrated by the words that come from his mouth. New Testament is no different. John is on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of the Lord and the testimony of Jesus. And at that time in isolation, heaven's open. He has a revelation of who Jesus is, which he then writes in the book of Revelation, which has been a joy and a comfort and a provocation to generations since that time. We would never have had that book of Revelation had not John been in Patmos. And the same happened with Paul, that he was imprisoned for two years in Rome. What I love about Paul is he refused for negative circumstance to lead to a pity party. He could have had all the reason in the world to say, Lord, I've served you faithfully. I've ended up here in this jail. I'm chained. I'm under house arrest. I can't get out of this 
uh, exile that I'm in, away from the people of God. But none of that happened. He just simply turned his heart to the Lord. And I, for one, along with countless thousands of millions of believers, I'm so grateful to Paul for utilising that time of lockdown because it was during that time that he wrote what Bible scholars call the prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. These to me are three amazing peaks of revelation in each of these books. And what these books carry is heaven's perspective and a Christ-centered perspective on everything. Ephesians sees Jesus as ascended and seated at the right hand of God. Philippians sees him as the exalted one and he becomes the focus in everything that Paul does. Have this mind in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, did not think equality of, with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Have this same mind in you. Don't think of yourself too highly, but actually take the position of humility and servanthood. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. And so Paul, in this time of lockdown, is receiving this incredible divine revelation. To the Colossians, at that same time he writes, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Don't be taken up with things on earth. Be taken up with things of, in heaven. One of the things that I've been saying to people in the midst of this time is that we must be careful how we use our time and what we look at. For Paul, he's saying our attention should be into the heavenly realm. Seek the things that are above, not things on earth. And so what I've said to people as I've met with them on social media and what I've shared with the church here in Leicester as I've spoken to them is that it's really good to glimpse at the news. But as long as we have this balance of glimpsing at the news and gazing at Jesus, that keeps our inner world in good health. On the media, there's been news about mental health challenges, and, and these are, again, a product of being socially isolated, and they're very real and very important, and we mustn't underestimate the negative effect that mental health challenges provide. But saying that as God's people, if our attention is with who Jesus is and with the heavenly realm so that we are not over-investing in watching the news, we are not over-investing in 
finding out every detail that's taking place on Earth. Because if we look at things that are challenging to us, we become challenged on the inside and we can lose our heavenly perspective. So glimpse at the news, of course, keep in touch, find out what's going on. But I have long past watched the news 24-7. I just rather catch the headlines and regain my focus with being bathed in what comes from above. And the more we do that, the more we behold him, the Bible says, the more we become like him. And I know this doesn't happen in the geological world, but there's not just the refining process, but in Christ, there is an enrichment process that can take place as well. In the geological world, you've just got refining, but he refines us and then he enriches us by pouring in his life as we behold him, so we become like him, because what's in him gets poured into us. And so this is supernatural purity, both smelting, and purifying and enrichment that he gives himself to us. And what does this enrichment look like? Well, he's full of grace. He's full of divine enablement to be who the Father has made him to be, his wonderful son. And he wants to give us that grace, that divine enablement to be sons of God that live in the world and represent what the Father is like into the spheres of life that we have. That as we live conscious of who he is, we can reflect and represent him in our homes and beyond our homes in increasing measure. It means that as we abide in him, Jesus says, in the same way that you abide in me, abide in my love, just like I have abided in my father's love. And this love has the capacity to kick out all fear. Love always conquers the fear, casts it out. So we live in his grace, we live in his love, and then Jesus says these wonderful words in the Gospel of John, my peace I give you. And I do believe that whatever's going on around us, it's possible to be so seeing Jesus and receiving from him that we can have a peace that doesn't come from the world, but comes from our Jesus. Paul, when he writes to the Philippians, calls it the peace that passes all understanding. You and I have no right to be this peaceful in the world's eyes. In times of uncertainty, it's in those times that the anxiety gets jacked up. But because his peace is supernatural, we can know a receiving of peace and a living in peace even though the storm is raging all around. And then finally, what he wants to give us as well, he talks about this in John 15 as well. He says, uh, my joy I give you. 
Again, this is the joy of the Lord. This is not joy that is connected to good circumstances or things working out. It's simply that God in himself is the most joyful person in the universe. And it's the joy of the Lord, his very nature, that he wants to give us. So this is the enriching process that goes with the smelting process. He pours in his grace, his divine empowerment, pours in his love, pours in his joy as well as his peace. His design is that if we're in a trial right now, our destiny is to come forth as pure gold. It means lockdown can be an upgrade for the people of God. In March, we went in one way. In the summer or whenever this lockdown is going to end, we're going to come out as different people, probably looking the same, but inside enriched by what comes from Jesus and purified because stuff has come to the surface and he's taking it away so that we can reflect him more. Trials are an inevitable part of our life together. We live in a world that has not yet been made perfect. Viruses come and viruses go, but Jesus remains the same. Yesterday, today and forever, and connection with him causes us to connect into the eternal realm and be strengthened by what comes from there. So whenever I'm going to see you next, whenever that is, my delight will be that we will be meeting as upgraded versions of who we once were. You will have more of Jesus manifested in you. By his grace, I'll have more of Jesus manifested in me. And so, Father, I just pray for this precious family at Freedom Church Leeds. And I just say thank you that you are the God of every situation. Even in this time of social isolation and at times lockdown for some. And Father, I just say thank you that you're the God of all grace. And I just ask that fresh grace shall come to your people. And that we shall see this not as a moment of negative thinking, but as a moment of divine opportunity that you will do your work in us and through us. There will be opportunities to speak to people in a way that they have never been before. I say thank you for what is happening in our lives, of being able to connect with people on a more real basis because people are more honest and open to talk about the realities of life. And I just ask that out of Freedom Church, truly a river of life, of freedom, might so flow that the authenticity of your life in them might touch their family, their friends, their neighbours, the city. It's your life in us, flowing through us, 
and bringing your blessing to everyone we touch. And so I bless you, Freedom Church, to live in the fullness of the inheritance that is yours in Christ. God bless you. I look forward to the time when we can meet together up close and personal. But until then, God bless you. And Marge and I send our love to you as a family, as a community.
was such a good word from Ian. I could listen to him talk about Jesus for hours. And in fact, I have some exciting news for us. I met with Ian last Friday for a socially distanced coffee and we chatted about his message he'd recorded for us, but I also asked him about what he thought the church will look like in the months and years ahead as we deal with the fallout of everything that's happened in 2020. And he had a lot of good stuff to say in response to my question, and I thought rather than trying to convey some of what he said to you myself and not really doing him justice, that it'd be great if you could share what's on his heart about the church directly with you. But rather than recording another message for another Sunday, I instead want to invite you all to a live Zoom session with Ian this Wednesday for about an hour from 8pm where he'll share some thoughts and then open himself up for questions. And I'm really excited about this and I hope you are too. If you're a Freedom Church member, you'll get an email reminder and a text with all the information you need. But if you're not and you'd still like to take part in this live Q&A, then please contact me at mark at myfreedom.church and I'll send you details. To make room for this Zoom session, we'll not be hosting the Monday Musings or the Bible Study Meetings next week. So I really hope that you'll pop this in your diary, prioritise it and really honour the time that Ian is happy to give us. So that's this Wednesday, the 15th of July from 8pm for around one hour. Okay, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel and click tap the notification bell. Remember, the more folks that do that, the more folks who might need to hear today's message might get it presented to them by YouTube's algorithms. And if you're watching this on Facebook, please like the video and we'd love you to like our Facebook page as well. For both platforms, please do share the links on your social media feeds. If you want to get in touch about anything else, then please email us at hello at myfreedom.church. Well, bless you all. See you all on Wednesday. I pray you have a great week until then. I'll see you very soon.